Hallelujah. This morning I want to take some time and talk to you, preach, and it, it absolutely is a sermon that will stand on its own. But it's also a sermon that's going to push us to tonight. And maybe even further. I don't know. I've had thoughts that have been in my mind and been kind of mulling over and thinking and reading through the scriptures. But I want to just take some time and, and uh, I want to ask you this question. Are you a citizen of heaven? Are you a citizen of heaven? You can be seated. We'll get to some scripture in just a little bit. But I want to set the stage this morning and then I want to talk a little bit deeper tonight about citizenship. It's, how many of you have been following the Olympics? Anybody here enjoy the Olympics? I always love it, love to look at it and, and see it. And uh, this year I, I was able to, to see the opening ceremonies. I don't know that I've been able to see and, and view the opening ceremonies too much in, in years gone by, but I've been able to see it. And, and this year there was two things that caught my eye. And, and I don't know if they've ever been. I think one of them is in several of the Olympics lately. Um, you know, you, you had the parade of nations. And, and, and they would, this year they did them in alphabetical order, but according to Portuguese. And so however that is, is spelled in Portuguese was how they went in alphabetical order. And so, you know, you got to see them. And, and there, were, there were some nations that paraded by that, that had a very small contingent of Olympic athletes and, and staff. And then, of course, you had others. I think this is the largest year that the United States has ever been able to put some, I believe, over 500 uh, athletes this year have competed or will compete uh, in the Olympics. And, but there, were, there, there was one thing. There, there are certain Olympians that, that walk under the Olympic flag. These are Olympians that either their, their uh, nations do not participate in the Olympic Games or, or maybe uh, they they they've been under uh, under I think there was some doping allegations that you know there was only one Olympic athlete that was able to to prove they couldn't and so they would would celebrate under the Olympic uh, flag and so what they were saying was if I get a medal it's not going to go back to my country it's not going to be part of their medal count it will go to the Olympic flag but this year and I believe this may be the first year that this has ever happened. They had a refugee contingent. These are people without a, a home. These are people that have left uh, wherever they, they, they lived. And, and, and they, they've left. They're, they're not, it's not necessarily immigration, so to speak. And, but but it's, it's that the things in their town, in their city, in their country are so bad that they fled. And they have yet to find a country. And I am not here uh, today and I'm gonna say different things. I'm not here today to say anything political. Don't don't take anything out of that. I just want to give you some facts as it concerns to citizenship. But uh, uh, we we think about that. Um, you you see, especially my goodness, now that we are in the political uh, uh, kind of the back the the back stretch, the home stretch of the political fight. You get to see this all the time. People are talking about immigration. They're talking about citizenship. They're talking about illegal immigrants, all of that. And, and uh, we constantly read in the news about those that are living in America. They, they, they've not gone through the proper channels. They're, they're that. And, and, and so there's people up in arms that they are not citizens. And again, I'm not preaching politics or policies. And, and, and whatever your view of that is, that's fine. But I want to take some of the things that happen in the, the real world 
And I want to take some earthly concepts and allow it to teach us on some heavenly heavenly concepts. And so if you have your Bibles, (coughs) Matthew chapter 6 is where I want to start. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. And then we'll go to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. And these scriptures you could almost quote on your own. I'm, I'm kind of confident of that. And so uh, uh, as you turn there, we'll get there. I, do, I did see uh, Brother Jordan Wyatt walk in. And uh, I don't know that Brother Jordan's ever visited my church. I'm good friends with Brother Jordan. Uh, he's a phenomenal guitar player, but... He decided not to visit until there was someone that he could visit with. And we're thankful and proud uh, of Stephanie Sargent and Jordan Wyatt. They have gotten engaged a couple weeks ago. And uh, I'm glad you're here. And uh, we wish you all the best of luck as things go, go forward for that in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 says this. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, we we talk a lot about that. We talk about the seeking and the first. But I want to just pull on that phrase, the kingdom of God. Now, go to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. You're built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself, being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Now let me take you one other place, the the, the faith chapter, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 24 says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the approach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover, the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch him. Should touch him. All of those uh, are indicating a citizenship. And, uh, and so there are things. Now let me just give you a, a quick civics lesson. I know some of you are going back to school and, and our kids are, are looking forward to school. We've got colleges coming up. And so let me take you on a quick citizenship lesson. There's many advantages that you get by being a citizen of the United States. Let me just read you, and I'm reading straight from uh, the, the Immigration and natural, uh, Naturalization Services, their website, things like that. But So here, here's one of the things, and you ought to take advantage of it. One of them is the right to vote. Another one that we don't think about, and I want, you to, I want you to think carefully. Another one that you think about is this, a chance to reunite families. That's one of the reasons they give to why you should become a citizen of the United States. Another one is to protect your children's rights. To remain in the United States. Another one is to protect, uh, that you will have protection in cases evolving illegal activity. Another one is international travel is made much easier. If any of you have ever traveled overseas, you've got one of those uh, little passport blue booklets uh, and, and you take that with you and it's much easier to travel. If you didn't have that, you would find that, that many borders would be closed to you and there's so much more. And so you can vote, you can reunite. Let me, let me tell you about the reuni- re- reuniting of families, because I'm going to get spiritual in a moment. There 
are certain family members that because of their close relationship, if you're a child of, the, of a United States or a United States citizen, then, then it, it, you, can, you can join. You see, there are limitations. I don't know if you know this. There's limitations to how many people in your family you can bring over if you're not a, a citizen. There's numerical limitations. But if you're a citizen, then your, your, your spouse and your children and parents, they are able to come without having a lot of difficulties. They can come to the United States and they can become a, a, a citizen. And so you have all of that. Uh, we've seen even in the United, or even in the Olympics, you've seen this Ryan Lochte case, where he obviously was drunk as a skunk and and did some crazy things, and then he decided to accuse Brazil of uh, of you know somebody came and 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 robbed him, and you just see the story unraveling. But but even as bad as that is, and I'm not giving him any slack. I mean, I've seen the the surveillance video, and it looks like he was probably in a bad spot and didn't didn't you know he lied through his teeth. But but even in all of that. You, you saw that, that some of the other swimmers, they came on the plane, they took their passports, and they, they have the right to do that. But in all of that, that passport that says he's a United States citizen gives them some protection. Not that they won't go to trial, not that they don't have to pay a fine, but, but there's an embassy in Brazil that probably their ears perked up because one of their citizens was involved or at least uh, uh, accused of some illegal activity, and so that embassy steps up and they will protect and make sure that the human rights are not there. There's a benefit to being a citizen of a heavenly country. Uh, we, we sing that old song. Um, my brain just totally clicked off. Uh, something I'm just passing through. Heaven's not my home. There, there's a first part of that that just kind of... It's gone. This world is not my home. See, that's the whole point of my sermon, but uh, y'all get that. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. We, we have to have this concept, this understanding, that for you and I, for, for just the, 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 the base understanding, you and I, you, you're born, and then you live, and you die and, and that's life. That's what people would say. You're born, you die, go to your tombstone, it's going to have a birth date, it's going to have a dash, it's going to have a death date. That dash represents everything that happened in between. But for you and I, we realize that, that what we do in, in our life on here is but a mere speck in the lineage, in the line of eternity. That our life doesn't end when you die. Your soul lives on. And your soul will either end in hell or it will end up in heaven. And one of those is better than the other, just in case you were wondering. But, but we realize that this is not what I was born or created to do, just walk on earth. The Lord, even from the very beginning of time, God has always designed it that, that we were His, that we would be reunited with Him, that there is a heavenly uh, uh, country that I'm looking for. There's benefits to getting a passport for heaven. Number one, very simple, you can participate in the kingdom of God. When it gets time uh, here in, in, the, in November and we start voting, and, and don't get me wrong, there'll be people vote that shouldn't vote. There'll be people that vote three or four times. It always happens. Somebody tries to bend the system. But the reality is, if you're a citizen, you can participate in the country. 
If you're a citizen of heaven, you can participate in the kingdom of God. There's some benefits that you and I have when you've been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, paid that he paid that ransom as uh, we, we heard so ably Wednesday night. And you and I, we can have life and that more abundantly. That's what I'm looking forward to. But then there's, there's also, let me just kind of walk through that list. You, you, you have a chance to reunite families. I love this one. When our forefathers sat down and they wrote the Constitution, it's the whole reason you've got the Statue of Liberty. Bring me your, your tired, your huddled masses. America has been built on immigration. There's, there's very few people that could say, you know, my family goes all the way back. We're in the United States. You'd have to be a, a Native American or someone like that. But, but it's always been the case that families come to the United States. Same is true with this. God has always ordained that his kingdom be a multi-generational kingdom. In fact, I love it. When you, when you go to Acts chapter, chapter 2, and you have that first infilling of the Holy Ghost that, that, that kind of begins to set in motion that this church of the living God that you and I are a part of. What did Peter say? He said, this promise shall be unto you. Now that's great because I want to be saved. But he didn't stop there. He said, it's going to be unto you and to your children and all that are afar off. There's something about it. There are no limits to how many in your family can be a part of the kingdom of God. In fact, that's the whole point of, of Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way that they should go, when he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's the whole reason we have a vibrant children's ministry at the Lighthouse. That's the whole reason we have an incredible student ministry and young, youth ministry here at the Lighthouse. That's why we want to gather with the ladies and we want to have a men's time every now and then. And, and Because living for God is a multi-generational event. It's supposed to reunite families. I've seen families that have been fractured. I've seen families where divorce has reared its head. I've seen families where people are estranged. They don't talk to each other. But let them start getting the Holy Ghost. And somehow what, what lawyers and what counselors and what, what therapists couldn't do, God begins to put families back together. That's one of the benefits of being a part of the family of God. And then, and then th these next two, they kind of go hand in hand. But uh, as we said, there's a citizenship pr a privilege that you and I have that if a, if a uh, okay, let's say a permanent resident, someone that, that's here, they're permanent, but they've not yet gotten citizenship. If a permanent resident is ever accused of an illegal activity, the, the United States Immigration Service and the immigration courts, that all falls under them. doesn't go necessarily to federal courts. And so if, if you're a permanent resident, if you don't have citizenship in the United States and, and, and you were accused of an illegal activity or a crime, um, th th it is absolutely a real possibility that the immigration system will deport you. They just, whatever they decide, and I'm sure they, you know, how that is. But if you are a citizen of the United States, there's other rights that begin to happen. You have the right to an attorney, a right to a fair trial. You're not going to be deported. You're not going to be sent to prison somewhere else. It happens there. And then if you're traveling abroad, 
If you're arrested or detained by foreign authorities, you can request to speak to someone from your, your embassy or your consulate, and they will come. In fact, many of them will find you before you found them because there's protection of being there. The U.S. government, if you're overseas and you get caught, the U.S. government will intervene on your behalf, and we see that often. Let me show you what the Bible says. Let's take it spiritual. John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children... These things write I unto you that you sin not. But if any man sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Romans chapter 8 verse 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God and makes intercession for us. And then it goes a little bit further. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, no. Persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, our sword, nope. It's written, you can be for thy sake. We're killed all the day long. We're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I'm persuaded, Paul said, that death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height nor depth, or any other creature can separate us from the love of God. You can't do enough bad things to get kicked out of God's love. He goes to bat for us. When you sin, we have an advocate. When you sin, we can repent. The fact, First Timothy, First Timothy, chapter two and verse five says this: There is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave Himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Those are privileges you have in the kingdom of God. Remember Jesus. If you have your Bible, it says red letter words there. John chapter 3, verse 3, when someone asked Jesus, basically, how am I saved? And Jesus said, well, verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. There's that phrase again, kingdom of God. And then he takes it a step further, John chapter 3, verse 5. He says, well, let me, let me tell you this, verily, verily I say unto you, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What Jesus was saying was there's absolutely a proper way to gain citizenship into heaven. Number one, you've got to be born of the water. That's baptism in Jesus' name. And you see that all throughout the New Testament. You see that they baptized Peter himself, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Uh, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why did he say it? Because he was echoing the words of Jesus in John chapter 3, verse 5, born of the water. And of the Spirit, without those two things, you're not a citizen. I don't know if any of you here has ever uh, been, been had to take your citizenship test. I don't know if any of you were were immigrants and you got that, but you know you got to study, and there's certain things you got to do, and you got to fill out those paperwork. You can't just walk up there and say, "All right, I'm a citizen." You can't get to the voting line come November and say, "I'm ready to vote." Are you a citizen? Oh, yeah, I said I was a citizen the other day. I believe I'm a citizen. How's that? Think that would work? Absolutely not. It's not enough just to say you are. There's something that has to happen. Now, according to the census, or I'm sorry, according to the Citizenship and Immigration Service, if you were a, a, a uh, immigrant coming in and you had murdered someone, or you had an aggra aggravated a felony where there was a felony that was committed probably with intent to harm or a weapon. If you were part of genocide or torture 
or severe violations of religious freedom that bars you from becoming a citizen of the United States. If you've, if you've done, um, there, there's also a statutory period where if in the last, and, and I don't know these, in the last so many days or weeks or months, if you had a, a, a sentence of five years or more, if you uh, had a controlled substance violation, if you had been in prison somewhere for 180 days or more, if you were uh, smuggled a person in, if, it, if you were involved in polygamy, or if you were, uh, even, and this blows my mind because it's actually in the United States Code, that if you have committed adultery, they can bar you from becoming a citizen of the United States. Now, once you're a citizen, I guess you can do that all you want according to our culture, but... If you're an immigrant, you can't do that. There's things that can, that can keep you from becoming a citizen of heaven. Watch this. Paul said, know ye not, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, know ye not, that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Fornicators, adulterers, idolaters, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, none of them are going to be in heaven because God says, the Bible says, that in heaven there's not going to be any sin. You can't have sin existing with a holy, righteous God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 50 says, Brethren, I say to you, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit corruption. Or incorruption. You, you can't be corrupt and inherit incorruption. Paul goes on to say, Galatians chapter 5, envyings, murder, murderers, drunkenness, reviling, such the like. As I've told you before and I've told you in the times past, those that do those things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So even just as it is in the United States, there are things that could bar you from being a citizen of the United States. There's things that will keep you out of heaven. I know it bursts a lot of political correct bubbles, but there is sin in this world. There is black and white. There's not just everything's gray. It, there's absolute things. The Bible says all liars shall have their place in the lake of fire. And guess what? When you read it in the Greek and the Hebrew, it means exactly that. It's not a, a habitual liar. There's not levels of lying. It's, it's if you lie, that's where you end up. Except you have that phrase after Paul lists all those bad things that aren't going to inherit the kingdom of God. Except that last thing that says, and such were some of you. You were just like that. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is the thing that wipes and expunges the record. I, I once was lost in sin, but the song says, Jesus brought me in. I, I've had all of that list of all of those offenses. I, I've been there, and my sin would have kept me from the kingdom of God. But, but, but you see, I had, a, I had an advocate. All right, let's get it back on your turf. How many of you have ever gotten a speeding ticket before? How many of you, you went to court and you paid your speeding ticket and you got that point on your record and now you hope that you can not get any more speeding tickets so your insurance goes up? Now, wait a second. Whoa, 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 wait, stop. There was about 50 to 60 people that said, I had a speeding ticket. And then when I ask you, how many of you did what you're supposed to do, there's about 10 of you. Which means everybody else went to TLC, Traffic Law Center. Your ticket was for $80. You paid $300. And that lawyer got to talking to the prosecuting attorney. 
and they wrote that speeding ticket off your record. And now when you get pulled over, a bunch of you, all you have are loud muffler violations. I know because I'm a police chaplain. I ride with the police. When they run someone, I get to see it. And I'll see, we'll we'll pull someone over. They'll have 25 loud muffler violations. What that means is they like to speed and they got a really good lawyer. It's funny, but that's what God did for me. My record ought to be black with sin. My record ought to go down the wall, across the floor, up the wall, over the thing. When you look at everything, but, but the blood of Jesus came to my life. The blood of Jesus came and it washed those away. And now when the enemy comes and says, what have you done, Brandon? He can't find record of my sin, which is why I can go to heaven. The record that should have barred me from entering can't be found. There's Lamb's Book of Life that we'd like to talk about. Let me bring it home to where you and I live. Because I'm looking at a great group of people. You come to church. Uh, There's a few of you that this is your first time or it's the first time I've ever seen you. But most of us, I see you uh, uh, almost every Sunday or at least on a consistent basis. And you love God. You raise your hands. I've watched you worship. And so let me ask you this question. Several of our texts included familiar scriptures. Let me go back to them. Ephesians chapter 2, therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household with God. Hebrews 11, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Isaac Newton said it this way, there, there's a, there, he had a law, for every action, can you, can you finish it, for every action there is a Equal and opposite reaction. Very good. Now, hopefully none of you do this, but that means that for every positive statement, there's a negative statement. And I'm convinced that there are so many people that read and interpret these scriptures differently. Let me want, so I don't confuse you, let me read them correctly. This is what it should be. Now, therefore... You are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. This is what Hebrew says. That Moses, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. But I'm convinced that there are too many people that interpret these scriptures to read this way. Now you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with sinners and the household of this world. Hebrews would read for many, choosing rather to suffer the pleasures with the world than to enjoy the pleasures of God's kingdom for eternity. It breaks my heart when I watch people who pass through the citizen or, or through the kingdom of God but never obtain citizenship. I've seen people who are sojourners in the land of God. They they, they live in the land of God. They come to church. They pay their tithes. They worship. They lift their hands. In in, in all practical purposes, they are in the country. But really, if you were to grab their passport, their passport doesn't have the stamp of the kingdom of God. It's got the smell of of this world. They they enjoy the pleasure of God. They enjoy his benefits for a season. But in the end, 
they go back to the land of their birth and their father, the devil. It breaks my heart when I watch people that have walked in the presence of God. They have felt the touch of God's hand, but they've never committed. There are people, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to be political, but, but it's just, just trying to, to set the, 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 what happens in this world to things in heaven. There's people in the United States, they enjoy all the benefits of, of, of the, the capitalist society. They, they can go to the, to the restaurants and the grocery stores. They have all of that. But they've never become a citizen. They walk through it. They never have. So I'm asking a very important question. Is God on you? Or is God in you? That answer is very important. Do you allow God to bless you with goosebumps and a brush of God's presence? Is He merely one that touches the outside of the life? You enjoy coming to church. You enjoy worshiping. You enjoy doing that. That's God on you. That's a temporary thing. Temporary feeling. Or has God enveloped you and changed you from the inside out. Now, again, in, in the world, and I'm okay with this, I have great friends that are this, and if I was in this same boat, I would do the same thing. But there's this concept of dual citizenship. Dual nationality laws and policies, it depends on the country, but you see it a lot with Canada and and United States, there's others, but basically they remain a citizen of both. The U.S. government recognizes that dual citizenship exists, but it doesn't endorse it because the dual citizen simply says, I pledge allegiance to the United States, but I also pledge allegiance to, say, Canada. They're required to obey the laws of both the countries. And it depends on what country you're in. That's kind of where the laws go. If, if it's legal to do something in Canada but not legal to do something in the United States and you're in the United States and you do that, then the United States laws are there. The kingdom of God doesn't have dual citizens. In fact... Joshua, I love how he wrote it. In the book, in the book he wrote, Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, then choose you this day who you will serve. Choose whether the gods of your fathers that, that they served on the other side of the flood or the gods of the, uh, of the Amorites in whom lands you dwell. I don't, I don't care what you choose, but you've got to choose. And Joshua says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Elijah came to the people, 1 Kings chapter 18, and says, How long are you going to waffle? How long are you going to halt between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow Him. But if Baal be God, then follow Him. And the people answered not a word because they weren't ready to choose. 1 John chapter 2 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world... The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, it's of the world. 
The world passeth away. The lust will pass away. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. It's been, it's been a couple years ago. I think it was 2013. I remember reading about it. Said that Tina Turner had decided to renounce her U.S. citizenship and become a citizen of Switzerland. Most of it's because she didn't want to pay the taxes. She's hardly the first to do so, and she sure won't be the last. But I've met people in the kingdom of heaven that renounce their citizenship. That whatever reason, whatever they think is better over there, they say, well, you know what? It was good while it lasted. I know God filled me with his presence. I know I repented. I know I was, I was baptized. But I just think it would be better out there. And they walk away. And the pleasures of sin exist for a season, and it may seem great. But one day, they're going to find themselves where they're in desperate need of the intervention of God. When they stand before the God and His judgment. And the question is going to be asked. How many of you have ever been to a foreign country? Anybody here? So you've walked through customs. I should have brought my passport. I didn't. So you walk through customs and you hand it to them. And they look at it. Sometimes they ask you hard questions. Sometimes they don't care. And they stamp it. If your passport's not right, they get a little bent out of shape. Now, my wife's downstairs. Y'all don't have to tell her this, but we went to Canada this year. Canada has some interesting things. Second Amendment rights, they don't quite understand. Guns, they don't get. We were sitting around a table, and they were all talking to us, and they were trying to figure out this whole hunting and, and, and guns, and we were having a great dialogue back and forth. And Basically, at the end of the day, they called us crazy Americans, and I called them weak Canadians, and we went... That's tongue-in-cheek. My wife goes to the, <laughs> into the, uh, uh, the, the immigration side of it. She puts her, her purse on the, um, on, the, on the conveyor belt, and we're ready to go home. Somebody puts a pair of gloves on and says, come here, ma'am. She had a bullet in her purse. It was from when we had went to the, to the range, and we were shooting, and one of them must have fallen in. That really messed them up. My brain started flying here and there. What are we going to do? Am I going to have to call the consulate? Am I going to have to call the embassy? They ended up just taking the bullet and we walked over, got on a plane. But it's going to kind of be like that when judgment comes. You're going to pass through, and if you will, and I, I know I may be mixing metaphors, but as you pass through, the immigration of heaven is going to be there. I'm going to say, let me see your passport. And the Bible says everything that a man has done is going to be judged. And you're going to hand that to him. And if your passport says heaven, you'll be okay. If not, he'll look at you and he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Go in the outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. So I bring it tonight as you stand, or today rather as you stand and I'm asking you this very, very important question. Are you a citizen of heaven? 
If not, you need to do something about that right now. Today would be a great day. In fact, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Right now is the accepted time. You need to make sure that you're ready. How do you do that? He said it simply. Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Have you repented of your sins? Have you gone down in the water in the name of Jesus, that name that's above every name, the name that the Bible says is a strong tower we can run into? Acts chapter 4 says there is no other name given under heaven among men by where we must be saved. Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? And have you been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost? It's still for you today. If you're on Facebook, if you're connected to my wife and I or some of the young people or the youth groups, you'll know that, that Zane, he has a friend from school named Matt. And Matt's been coming to several youth events. He, he was gone during the summer, but, but he's, he's back home now. And, and he went and last uh, went, uh, Friday night, they had a youth rally over in St. Charles. And Matthew came. And Matthew doesn't know a whole lot, but Matthew came. And I got to see videos of it. Matthew walked down to the front. He lifted his hands. And God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost right there in the middle of that church. It's still for you today. It's still for you today. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to answer all the questions correctly. You just have to repent of your sins. And you have to say, Lord, I'm ready to be entered into your citizenship. I want us to close our eyes. I'm going to open this altar. If you're, if you're already a citizen of heaven, it'd be great for you to come and just thank the Lord for that privilege. But if you're here today and you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, if you've never repented of your sins, if you've never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you better get your passport in order because he's coming soon. Would you come in Jesus' name?